Thunder Media. Brad Jones has raced supercars and me owns a supercars team. And today we look at the intricacies of the Wanneroo circuit and how tight the field is in 2022. Yeah, it's a short lap and so a tenth of a second's a reasonable amount of time over there and you know, and it's a, not an easy place to pass. Brad Jones on Wanneroo, Wannabes and the TV coverage. I hope you'll stay with us. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Tony Whitlock and Craig Avell, and we're joined by a man just back from Perth, Brad Jones, back in the uh, very equal climate of Albury. All good up there. Yeah, the weather's perfect here. There's a little ray of sunshine that just follows me around. Wonderful to hear that. Now, you had a, a bit of sunshine on your weekend in Perth two days of racing, a very full calendar over there, but you had some success. Uh, yes, yeah, certainly. Um, a podium always counts as a, uh, a nice reminder that it was a weekend and um, it was, uh, you know, Andre has been fast since he joined the team, but we haven't really got uh, a, a strong result with him. So it was fantastic that we were able to, to pull that off in, um, in Perth. It's a very tricky place, isn't it? You know, while it's got so few corners, the setup is just so critical, both in qualifying and in race, with so tight. Yeah, it's a short lap, and so a tenth of a second's a reasonable amount of time over there, and um, uh, you know, and it's a, not an easy place to pass. If you have a look at what Shane did when they put two or three, tie, uh, three or four tyres on that thing in race eleven, um, it, even him starting twelfth um, struggled to get to the front, uh, which he hasn't had that problem anywhere else so it's uh it is a little bit tricky and um um but you know tie deg is a big thing and and if you're on the right side of that then then passing people can be like taking candy from a baby so um you know it just got the timing right had a, a good setup in the car and a way and it worked out worked out really well Night race on Saturday night. How was that? And now that you've had two night races and um, the other events being during the day, is the day too long in the current structure for the the night race for the teams? Oh uh, no, not really. Um, I don't think so. Anyway, I, I quite like it because we start later and then we run into the night and then we've got a curfew. Um, the the early start the next day is a little bit difficult, but. But um, I don't think it's any worse than a standard two-day event. Um, not much anyway. There might be an hour in it one way or another. But I do like the night event from a spectator point of view. Um, it's very spectacular. And, uh, um, you know, you see the brakes glowing red, the cars grip up. Um, it's, it's, for me, anyway, 
It's and I quite like Perth because Perth, unlike Sydney Mosport Park, wasn't lit like it was the middle of the day. So there's a bit of a, you know, there's a bit of a real night feel to it that that certainly I'm sure as a driver you can really tell the difference. I remember doing a 24 hour race at Spa when you've got to rely on the headlights of the car for a portion of the track. You know, it's proper night racing. So this is probably halfway in between that and. Uh, and what we saw at Sydney Motorsport Park. Sort of like uh, Oran Park in the Oscar NASCAR days and, and Adelaide International at times. Yeah, I'm not sure that was that well lit. That was a little bit like a couple of dolphin torches strapped to a stick. But um, but Calder Park Thunderdome was always really well lit. So, yeah, I guess I guess you're right. It was It's sort of like Perth where it was half lit. And I think that just adds to the spectacle. For me, anyway. The television, which you probably, I imagine you don't go back and look at, but the television does make the cars look fantastic. I watch the television the night after the race. And I want to see what everyone was doing and get a bit of a feel for the strategy and see how things unfolded and helps me with the following day. So if I've got time when I go back to the motel room, I sit and watch at least, um, I don't watch all the practice, but I try and watch the races up until the pit stops finish at least. With or without commentary? Um, I don't necessarily listen to all the commentary. <laughs> but I do watch it. I, it's, it's a tool, right? Hey, one of the things for a long time, Brad, I've said has got very, very right on our particular package in terms of the television. The cars look brutal to drive. I remember a conversation I had with Marcus when he was in America in NASCAR and saying about how the television we shoot is so much better than what they do in America on NASCAR. And he's saying, but our cars are, you know, are deadly. I mean, it's 800 horsepower. Every corner is going to be a disaster. I said, but it doesn't look it. You understand, you, you understand what I'm meaning by that, don't you? Yeah, I do. And and they are hard to drive and NASCARs are hard to drive. So I totally understand his position and yours. I mean, they do a great job with the television here uh, in in capturing not only all the action, but as best they can, the difficulty level of driving one of these things. And and um, and that's what makes it unique. And that's one of the things I hope we don't lose with Gen 3. I'm not a big fan that anyone can jump in one of these things and go fast. I think they should be difficult to drive. That's why they're the best 25 blokes in the country and arguably 25 of the best guys in the world. What about the team this season? A couple of changes? It looks like from a personal point of view and a team owner point of view, your son has really found some consistency now and is knocking in to that top 10 every week. Well, um, thank you. I think, you know, we've got one trophy, so we've still got a lot of long way to go and we've had a pretty tough start to the year. It reminded me a lot about when Percat joined the team, you know, and Slady was already there. It was it was hard and, and this is hard. You know, we've got some, some um, you know, Andrew Edwards has left who was, um, our senior engineer and and Phil Keats come back, which is great, and we can talk about that in a minute. But but they're the sort of changes that really and driver changes that make a, a big difference to the team. So so I feel like um, Andre's slipped into that position as leader really well. He's he's got a really great attitude and um, yeah. contributes to the team and cares about us as a group and where we're going and what we're doing. And I, I feels like he's been here for a while. He's had a little bit of frustration, um, but 
but we're doing our best to make sure that it's as smooth a transition for him into the team as possible. And and um, you know, nothing like a bit of silverware to, to to give everyone around him as well as him some confidence. So that's great. Um, I feel like Jack Smith has made progress this year. It's very hard. One of the things I said to them is, in normal years, you know, we lose two or three drivers or years gone by, and then new people come in, and you just naturally end up climbing up the ladder a little bit. But right now, we're only losing one driver a year sort of thing or maybe two. And so what's happening is you've really got to be able to catch and pass people to move forward. So I think, I think you know, Jack's making some progress. Um, Bryce has come to drive a different sort of car to what he's used to. And and also he's got an engineer who's been here before but isn't is is still learning about our current car. And so Phil and, and Bryce uh, have have had a couple of glimpses of pace and, and they've had some pretty tough weekends as well. And so we're working pretty hard to try and sort that out. But obviously having Phil Key back here is something that I've tried very hard to make happen. I'm really excited that he is here. He's a, he's a very clever guy and he comes back here with a, a lot of experience. And then Macca, as you mentioned, it's his second year with, with Tom Wentenhall engineering his car and, and it's been a pretty tough road for Macca. He's been successful in in just about everything he's done in car racing, and and so so he's had a pretty tough time. But they've certainly um, found uh, some pace, and and I still feel he's he's probably trying a little bit too hard um, in qualifying. And so some of the the um, you know like uh, he locked the rears going into one, and you only got one shot, and then you're back in in the pack, and then moving forward is tough. So He's, he's certainly showing glimpses of, of pace, which is great to see, and um, it will give him and Tom more confidence in understanding each other. He's got Tom Williamson who's come back to help him, who used to do his go-karts, who who just, you know, guides him a little bit with with what he's thinking about driving and setup. So so he's got a, a strong little crew around him. So, you know, we've got a, you know, while we're not where I would like to be in the teams championship, a really a really good group of people here at the moment, and um, and and I'm hoping that the weekend was uh, you know we, we, uh, a, a change of fortune. We're saying that we're going into Winton, which is a pretty tough place for us. But after that, we go to Darwin, Townsville, um, Taylor and Ben, places where we've had a lot of success in the past. So so we just focused on Winton at the moment, get through that, and then look forward to Darwin. While uh, Andre's race 11 podium is a highlight for the weekend, he kept that car all through qualifying and through all three races in the top 10, which must be satisfying both to him and we all know what a, a, you know, a drivers need to have in terms of confidence, but for the team itself to have kept that car uh, up there the whole time. Absolutely. and and But, but that's where I expect him to be. You know, he was hired to, to run in the top 10 and replace Nick and, and lead the team and, and then help the rest of the team grow, which you know he's doing a really good job of. But as you said, it's the first time we've had glimpses of being in the 10, like Sydney Motorsport Park, the opening opening round for us. You know, we had a couple of issues, but we should have been in the top five in both races pretty comfortably. And, um, and, and you know, things being slightly different, you know, I felt we were in a position we could afford for a win and, we did two races where we really, really struggled. And so so to get back to being able to run in the 10 and part of the brief is 
you know, let's not try anything too clever. Let's just get in the 10, line and length, get some results, build a little bit, and then, then work out how we go forward from there. So, you know, like you said, Tony, it's a, it's a really great achievement for the team. It gives everyone a little bit of confidence. Um, you know, we even went through a, a spot in Tasmania. I think we came out of there probably last in the pit stop championship which we've won a lot in the recent years so so everyone's sort of looking around and you know those things happen but but you know this is uh, hopefully a, a marking time where we start to move forward indeed brad thank you for joining us on inside supercars i look forward to catching up with you in person at winton and i'm sure that uh, you'll look forward to getting your cars out on the grid amongst your local people there because I'm sure there'll be lots of fans for BJR on the sidelines uh, rooting on the team and uh, wishing you all well so thank you again for joining us on Inside Supercars Thanks guys great to speak to you look forward to doing it again soon Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device search Inside Supercars The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.